Grace and mercy and peace be with you, my dear friends in Christ, from God our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus. Amen. As we begin today, uh, I want to show you a quick video update from our uh, volunteer director of community outreach, Carrie Mayra, uh, as she's been giving us an update each week on a Lenten challenge that we created for ourselves uh, to, uh, to, to, to provide um, resources for a local nonprofit agency, 31 backpacks that we have been uh, collecting each week. And so uh, here's this week's update from Carrie. Hey guys, it's Carrie, Director of Community Outreach here again. We are into week three of the Lent Challenge, and so we can see there's a lot of stuff here again, which is pretty awesome. Our goal this week is to beat 850 items, and so we're gonna get counting and see if we've broken that total. Guys, the total is in. Um, so our goal this week to beat was 850 items. Unfortunately, we did not make it there, but we came close. So thank you for everybody who participated this week. Um, this week, our total was 80 items for hygiene and 570 items for food, plus an additional 24 items for school products. Um, that makes us a total of 674 items for the week, which is just shy of our total. So we're gonna continue to shoot for 850 items for the next week. So good luck and thank you again for all your participation. Awesome, so already in the three weeks, we're already uh, well over 1,500 items, right? I think if we do the math, would that be, that would be close? Something like that. So Carrie's nodding her head. So uh, continue to bring in those items and, uh, and, and we, uh, we are gonna bless that agency uh, in a big way and many, many families will be served. You know, we are people, we are people who love to be in control. We want things our way, and that's how we want them. But there are some things that we just can't control in this life. One of those big things would be the weather, right? Let me show you a picture of my morning yesterday. These are my two oldest kids, Hazel and Max. We had a little bit of a confused morning. Uh, it started by sledding then playing in a snow fort, and then we moved on to bubbles and bikes and sidewalk chalk. I mean, spring is in the air in the UP. There's no snow on the driveway, right? So, uh, you know, you can, you can will spring and summer to come as much as you want, but there is not a single thing that you can do to control the weather. That's just one example. You know, during these Sundays in Lent, we are focusing on the theme, I give up. And each Sunday focusing on giving up something that if we were to hold on to, inhibits us from experiencing the fullness of life in Jesus Christ. So these are the themes that we've been covering. Uh, we've, we've talked about giving up comfort, pride, power. Now today we're going to talk about control, and then, and then next week our final Lenten uh, sermon will be talking about I give up giving up. But for today, control. I give up control. Listen again to these words from the Apostle Paul in the Epistle lesson, Galatians chapter 5. Paul writes this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Doesn't that sound like a good way of living? Wouldn't it be nice if all people lived like this? I mean, families, neighborhoods, 
countries, the, the world would be changed drastically if every person lived like this. But how does this happen? How do we attain these fruits of the Spirit? Where do we get this? First of all, we need to give up control. We need to stop thinking that we know best. We need to simply stop doing what we want to do all of the time, and we need to let God be God, our Creator, our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this Bible passage today from Galatians, it says that the very last fruit of the Spirit is this thing called self-control. Self-control. Paul says that being able to control one's self is a gift of the Holy Spirit. So how does that align then with what I'm saying today that we should give up control? Am I, am I saying that, uh, that we should give up our ability to control ourselves as well? No, not, not really like that at all. Let's look at it like this. Think about it like this. What Paul is saying in Galatians chapter 5 is he is contrasting two different ways of living. He is contrasting these two opposite ways of living, living according to the flesh and living according to the spirit. And Paul says very specifically that these two things cannot go hand in hand. They are opposite of one another. Living according to the flesh that means that you get to do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. <laughs> That's what it means to live according to the desires of flesh. Just do whatever you want, whenever you want to do it. Living according to the Spirit, Paul says on the other hand, living according to the Spirit keeps you from doing what it is that you want to do. Okay? Living according to the desires of the Spirit, you just do whatever you want to do. Living according to the Spirit keeps you from falling into that idea. Let's look at these two ways of living again. Paul says, first of all, that the desires of the flesh look like this. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and etc. Right? Now, on the other hand, the fruit of the Spirit living according to the Spirit looks like this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Which looks like the better way of living? Which looks like the better way of living? Anybody in their right mind would say that the better way of living would be the, the list on the right, correct? According to the Spirit? Even non-Christian people, you would imagine, would say, yeah, probably for the sake of the good of the whole, the living according to the Spirit would be better. But if we all agree on this, why is it not attainable then? Why is it not that not everybody just does it? I would say because people would rather be in control and have things their own way. Isn't it common knowledge that people in general just want things their own way? Burger King knows this as they have long promoted have it your way, right? Have it your way. However you want, that's what's good, right? Just have it your way. The interesting thing, I think if you compare these two lists, if you look at the, the list of someone who lives according to the desires of the flesh, to me that looks like a list of characteristics that someone would have if they are 
out of control, right? If they're out of control, they may think that they have control. They may think that they are doing whatever they want to do, however they want to do it, whenever they want to do it. They may think they have control. But in actuality, in the grand scheme of things, if someone's living like that, they're actually out of control. I mean, if you knew somebody that that was the characteristics that they lived by, wouldn't you look at them and say, ooh, they're out of control, right? Out of control. If you want to live according to the flesh, all you have to do is do whatever you want, whenever you want it, however you want it. But if you want to live according to the Spirit, if you want to live according to these gifts of the Spirit, how is that accomplished? Well, in order to receive the gifts of the Spirit, it begins in a place of humility. And it begins with us confessing the fact that we are not very good at staying in control. When you confess that you're not all that good at controlling yourself, that's when the Spirit has room to work in your life for Him to give you those gifts of the Spirit. Now, what does this self-control thing mean? Self-control doesn't mean that you are the one that's completely in control. It doesn't mean that you are the one that's manufacturing this control thing, that you're governing it all yourself. Self-control actually means that you are so reliant on the Spirit and having the Spirit of the living God breathe control into you so that you do not fall according to the desires of your flesh, which you know can be oftentimes so attractive. So self-control means being reliant on the Spirit to keep you from doing those things that your flesh desires. Self-control. Self-control. My daughter Hazel... Uh, who will turn six next month, uh, took ski lessons for the very first time, downhill ski lessons at Mount Ripley this year. She had classes on Tuesdays for seven weeks, and it was amazing to watch the progress of her uh, downhill skiing ability in those seven weeks. From, from the very first day, she could hardly stand on the skis, uh, but now she's able to nicely and very much in control carve back and forth and back and forth. You know what? I'm a very proud father. Can I just show you? Here's a, here's a little video of Hazel. That's, and that's from, that's from about a month ago, from four, from four weeks ago. And so uh, she's gotten even better since then. Uh, what I'm very grateful for is that in those ski lessons, uh, one lesson that they taught over and over again uh, was to, to learn how to be in control. To learn how to be in control. Uh, to, to learn how to slow down when you want to slow down. To learn how to stop when you want to stop. To be in control. 
Because with control comes confidence, and with control and confidence comes safety. And this is good because on the ski hill, there are a lot of people who are not in control. (laughs) Some full-grown human beings, some adults that are just absolutely wiping out all over the place. And so what they teach these little kids is learn how to be in control of yourself and watch out for these crazy people who are out of control and just basically stay out of their way. Now, this last Friday on my day off, I took Hazel uh, for a couple of hours, just the two of us, uh, to go skiing. And it was, it was really fun. I took her on the chairlift for the very first time, just the two of us. I was a little, uh, I was a little nervous because just a couple of days ago, I saw something on the news of a five-year-old dangling from the chairlift. And I thought, oh man, I don't want that to be me and the, the dad who drops his kid. But everything went well. Uh, but from the top of Mount Ripley there, just to get to the place where she's confident, you, ha- you do have to go down some rather steep spots. And uh, to her credit, she went for it the very first time. Uh, and I was behind her, and I thought she was going to stop, and she, let's just say she got going a little bit fast and just a little bit out of control, and she did wipe out. To her credit, she got up, and we tried it again and again, but after a, after a couple of times of feeling out of control, she did say to me, Dad, can you help me down that steep part? Can you help me down? And so, you know, as much as I want her to succeed, I also want her to be confident and feel in control. So after a couple of times of not being in control, I let her hold onto my poles and and I got her down the steep spot and then she went off on her own. What a good image that is for for us, at least as I think about it. Because there's a difference in giving up control to, to one who has control. There's a difference between giving up control to one who has control versus going at it yourself until you are completely out of control. Okay? So this is what I'm encouraging you to do today, to give up your own human control to the one, the Almighty, who is in control versus trying to handle life all on your own until you spin out of control. You know, in life, one of the only things that we can have any control over is ourselves. There are so many external situations and circumstances that we face that we can't do anything about. But even with our own self-control, we have difficulty, right? We are so quick to fall into the desires of the flesh because they're so often attractive to us. We need to rely on the power of the Almighty God who gives us that ability for self-control. And sometimes we just need to lean on him to have control. Jesus taught us to pray like this. He taught us to pray like this. In the Lord's Prayer, in the fourth petition, Jesus teaches us to pray, what? Thy will be done. Thy will be done. When we pray that petition, that's like saying, I don't want to be in control, Lord. I want you to be in control. Thy will be done. Your will be done. But if you think about it, And if you're honest with yourself, that's kind of a scary prayer, isn't it? Because if you pray, thy will be done, you don't know what's to come. You don't know what's to come. This is the prayer that Jesus himself prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night he was betrayed, as he was sweating blood. He prayed to his father, Abba, Father, take this cup from me. 
Yet not my will be done, thy will be done. Praying thy will be done got Jesus crucified. But that was the will of the Father and his good and perfect timing. When we pray thy will be done, we often don't know what is to come. I think a lot of times in our sin, we would rather pray, my, my will be done, right? Because then we think that we can control the next steps in the scenario. But we were not created to be people who have our will done all of the time. We were created to be people who live according to the will of the Almighty God. And so we pray, thy will be done. And you can even pray, let thy will become my will. Let thy will be my will. My dear friends in Christ, I encourage you again this day to give up your human control. Because when you think that you are in control of every situation, when you are getting everything that you want, whenever you want it, however you want it, check yourself because you may actually be living life out of control. So give up that control in order that God can be at your work, in order that the Spirit of the living God can be present in your life, giving you this better way to live, to live according to the fruits of the Spirit, which are, again, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Go in the power and the control of the Almighty God. He is with you, for you, now, and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.